everyone. Welcome to the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends, episode three. Here we go. Uh, it is, we just finished up week three of the Open, or week three of the Open. Man, I need Whoa, to get my, I need to get my act together. The open. We, we just finished the Open, period. Uh, I am exhausted after this year's Open. Uh, glad it's over. Needed a couple days just to kind of get back together, but hey, 20.5 interesting workout first time we got to choose our own adventure and just so you know i still have amy and charlie with me yep i'm here Hello. <laughs> um so 20.5 we got to choose our own adventure how did you guys do on 20.5 well it went about exactly as i expected uh first i was really glad that they let you sort of choose how you were going to do this one because i wanted to still be able to um to stay RX throughout since I had um, RX the first four workouts. So I wanted to be able to hopefully continue that. So because they didn't just start with the muscle-ups and you had to complete all the muscle-ups, being able to uh, save the muscle-ups for the end made that so that I could continue to do it RX. So I did my plan, which was to knock out all the wall balls and rowing and spend the next amount of time trying to get a muscle-up, which I spent that amount of time not obtaining a muscle-up, <laughs> so it went about exactly how I expected, so good times. Well, for me, uh, I want to go in the opposite direction. I wish there was a plan, because I had a plan, and uh, when I first missed my first muscle-up, that plan went out the window, so uh, yeah, just kind of went by the seat of my pants. and which Charlie does seem to be kind of the way you roll when it's I like it. It's yeah. good. It's good. <laughs> this is kind of your MO. It's good. Just keep getting smacked in the face and keep <laughs> coming back for more. Just keep swimming. That's all we do here. Is just keep swimming. Well, for me, um, you know, I, I've been struggling with uh, some leg injuries and it's prevented me from being able to do like certain modifications on pull-ups. Uh, I was going to do this scaled. Uh and I did, um, but I really didn't get to take an opportunity to, to get after that, uh, those pull-ups. So what I did is I tried to get the best tiebreaker time possible, um, which what I found out is that's a very leg-intensive workout. Definitely. Uh, a lot of wall balls and a lot of, of the rowing. And then my mind started playing tricks on me, and I did what Charlie does, and I threw my plan out the window, and that didn't go very well, and everything just kind of died fast. If you don't do all the don't do all the wall balls, do all the rowing, here you are. There you are. Yeah. So, anyway, it's over. I'm glad it's over. I'm ready to get ready for next year. So, so with that being said... Uh, now that the this year's open is over, what what's your plan for next for going forward into uh, the rest of the CrossFit season, or just our lives in general, getting fit? Um, so for right now, I've actually started um, retraining for half marathon. So I came into CrossFit um, first as a runner, so I've put that aside for a couple of years and um, kind of got motivated to just get back into running shape, and so I tried to pull some members from the gym and some friends into doing it and I actually got about 15 people so far still more to join about 15 people so far willing to do a uh, 
uh, half marathon here in January. So pretty excited about that. We just had uh, a six-mile training run this morning where some of us uh, met out on some of the trails. So that's sort of the, sh the short term, just getting back to that and um, doing that in the winter time too, kind of just to stay in some of that cardio shape. And then my long-term goal and pr preparation for the next Open is that to get muscle-ups. I've been about so close for the last couple of years, and this is the time it's got to happen. When I went back and looked at my scores um, on CrossFit.com, all the leaderboards, it was the glaring um, mark there that was on my leaderboard. So that's what I'm here to work on. For me, it's uh, the same as pretty much every year. Uh, mobility is one that uh, I am very much uh, probably at the top of the heap on uh, mobility in this uh, in our particular gym but probably all over all over the world um, so that is going to be a, a target for me uh, consistency as well is one uh, staying consistent for the entire year and not um, you know a month on where you're doing great and a month where you're kind of here and there so for me those are my two big things yeah I think uh, consistency speaks loud um, this year, I just wanted to show up. Uh, we have a committed club at our gym, and I made it all but one month this year uh, to the committed club. Nice. I want to continue that on, um, but I really want to start being more strategic about um, my plan for each week. A um, couple days where I go get after it, a couple days where I just kind of move at an 80% clip maybe, because uh, I want to stay healthy. I want to stay... Um, I, I don't want to have those nagging injuries that are going to hold me back uh, moving forward. So uh, that's kind of my plan is to figure out that kind of that going forward throughout the year. So now that we've talked about our experience with the Open, uh, the unofficial leaderboard is out there and it is done. And so let's look at the men first. And if we look at the men's side of the leaderboard, it was kind of a surprise. Uh, Patrick Vellner won the open this year uh something that patrick is not necessarily good at um is the open he's never finished really well um and last year he actually had to battle through the sanctional season uh, to kind of get his way to the games ticket yeah that was fantastic i love seeing him on top of the leaderboard for the open and so not only was it is his first win but it was canada's first win on the men's side uh so uh oh canada a eh? Uh, won, won the Open, and they actually took second as well. So Jeffrey Adler took second. And to finish out the top five, it was Matt Frazier, uh, Leftris, Theophony. <laughs> I've actually been practicing this all week. Uh, it's Leftris, Theophanides. Um, he took fourth, and uh, Bjorgen Carl Gubinson uh, took fifth, uh, or BKG, uh, as he's known to his friends like me. Um, other notables who qualified or punched their ticket for the games were Chandler Smith uh, and, you know, pretty big surprise, Ben Smith back after the knee surgery and qualified in again. You know, we act like he's 102, but he's really in, still in his late 20s. Yep. Um, 30. Okay. Well, it's really <laughs> late 20s. <laughs> um, so... He made it. Uh, Jacob Hepner, um, Travis Mayer, Noah Olson all punched their ticket to the games. 
uh, the cut line for the men was at number tw- it was at 27. And um, because, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, Rich and Roy Gamboa announced that they are going team this year. Uh, that actually moves the cut line down to 29. Um, so what happens there is we actually have a na- another national champion move in into that place. So it actually moves down one more spot to 30. And that gets the CrossFit Cowboy into the games. Right there, sneaking in right there, yep. So we still don't know if any other of the top athletes are going to go team this year. Uh, so you, we got to wait for all that to kind of settle. And I guess December 18th is the final and official announcement as to what that final leaderboard is and who is going to punch their ticket to the game and who is declaring that they are going individual. I think an interesting to see here at uh, 31 is Christian Nassaro, who a couple years ago was the tops in California and was really making a play. And um, – you know, I think if he gets in, I think he can really make some noise in the games. Hmm. You know, also looking down at the leaderboard, looking at Fikowski at 34th and not not squeaking in there, uh, that's disappointing. But, you know, have high hopes that some of the sanctionals that he'll be able to, to pull his ticket. He's too tall. <laughs> Nothing wrong with tall athletes. Yeah, um, it was disappointing because, you know, he. It, it's like we, we've talked about with uh, – with other athletes, CrossFit's better when they're around. I think last week when I talked about Brooke Entz, you know, it's better when she's competing. When Brent Fikowski is competing, it's a, it's a better sport. It's someone uh, to root for. He's just a different style of athlete than anybody else, so it, it just brings um, a different perspective to all of that. And I love the banter that him and Velner have together. and you know, They post a lot together on when they do workouts on social media and I just I think it's fun to follow those two Canadians together. Yeah, and we also one of the other athletes we were following right up until the end of the open was Spencer Pancheck, who also is just outside of that uh, cut line at 38. Um, he came really close to get making his first games appearance, um, but just outside that cut line. So let's move to the women's leaderboard. And the what I take from this, and, and actually Amy brought it up last week when we spoke on the podcast and that's Cara Sanders. Yeah. Uh she finished 12th in the open less than a year after giving birth. I mean, that's boss right there. <laughs> Straight up boss. Yeah. Yeah, um I think that comeback player of the year, whatever you want to call that, uh that that's pretty amazing. And I mean, if you followed her, any of her journey her postpartum journey on uh, Instagram. I mean, she really came in back to it slow and controlled. You know, as soon as she could, she was doing Ramwad and stretching, but she she didn't force it coming coming in hot. You know, she definitely took her time coming back in. And, you know, just goes to show that the foundation that she had built up is what helped, you know, lead her into getting back to that space quickly. Yeah, she, um, she was actually did 20.5 at the Torn Pro. And um, spoke to that a little bit about how she, you know, just as she was working out through her pregnancy, she didn't expect to be at this level at this point. But, you know, was very excited. Now she has to change her mindset a little bit now that she's in because she, uh, again, she didn't think that she was going to be even close to being able to to compete for the games at this point. And now she has nine months to prepare because she's got the qualification done. Yep. That's true. Um, so that's awesome. Except she won't be sleeping, so. 
Yeah, there's that recovery piece of sleep being important. Yeah, so the other um, news was the top five is Sarah wins again. Yeah. Uh, pretty consistently now where she is dominating the Open. Uh, she's just got to keep that mental part of her game going through the entire season this year. You know, and when you look at her her open workouts, the worst finish that she had was on 20.3, where she took 15th. But she did that in 6 minutes and 16 seconds. I mean, that is – that's nuts. And then – that's nuts. But then to have, you know, all the other workouts that she had were second and third place on the open. That's fantastic. Yeah, that w- I mean, it was a dominating performance for her. Uh, and working out with Annie all year. What's What I find funny with Sarah is every year she tries something new, right? You know, three years ago it was I'm going to Mayhem and I'm going to work out with them. And then last year was I'm going back to my home gym and I'm going to just work out by myself. And then this year it was I'm going to Reykjavik and I'm working out with Annie. Like, just throw the spaghetti at the wall and hope something sticks. Sounds a little bit like Charlie, but with different <laughs> results. Listen, it seems to work for me, so... Yeah, we're gonna it's working st- for her so far. <laughs> we're going to start calling Charlie the spaghetti incident. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Annie took second, her training partner. Uh, so apparently the push was good for both of them. Um, Kristen Holta was third. And Tia Toomey fourth. And, and I saw a lot of interviews with Tia. She is not anywhere near in shape for competition. Uh, she has really taken a lot of time off and still finished fourth in the world in the Open. I call that balance. That's a good balance to have. Yeah, if you listen to the interview, it may be the balance is a little off. Got it. In the wrong direction right now. <laughs> Got it. I think there was one uh, vlog I saw where she was like, yay, the Open's done. I'm having ice cream for breakfast. Why am I even doing that? I've had it the last couple of days for breakfast. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then Emma McQuaid and Jamie Green finished uh, tied for fifth. Had to get Jamie Green in there for Amy. Yep, big fan. Uh, so other notables that have qualified are Carrie Pierce was our top U.S. finisher. Uh, Laura Horvath back to 10th after a really bad year last year. Um, Brooke Wells, 11th. Uh, Christy Aramo, 17th. And uh, Katrin David's daughter, uh, 25th. All qualified puncher ticket. Uh, two people we've kind of been following on the outside of the cut line who got made their way inside the cut line were Haley Adams and Meg Reardon. They both qualified for the games. And then one thing I just wanted to highlight uh, was Becca Voigt. Becca Voigt, after all these years, uh, and she's in her late 30s, pushing 40. She's close to that 40-plus club for sure. Uh, She finished 53rd in the world. That is just unreal to me. Absolutely. Uh, And then the last thing I wanted to talk about with the women's leaderboard is Sam Briggs. Uh, Last week, we talked about Sam Briggs uh, injuring herself at the end of 20.4 and having to be in a walking boot. She finished 20.5 in first place in the world in a walking boot. And I would just like to bring back to how you were talking about when you did 20.5 and how much of a leg workout it is. And here she is winning that in a boot. I think she's a robot. But that's uh, she's a T-1000. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. She's been brought back from the future to show us I how mean, CrossFit should be done. Uh, probably. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. 
But yeah, so that that those were some really big uh, things that I that I noticed on the leaderboard. Well, you know, but also looking at number sixty four was Helga Daughter. Yeah, and uh, I actually have a piece about her in a couple, oh. couple things. All oh, right. Well, let me let me check my notes, Amy. Oh, sorry about that. Didn't mean to get you. Uh, we we can jump there. Okay. Uh, so Turi Helga daughter, yeah, she finished sixty fourth, and what's bad about that is she actually got injured, um, and may not be able to compete for a while. Uh, she has a slap injury. It's a lesion uh, on. A part of the shoulder that it holds your shoulder in place. Ooh, sounds, um, sounds pretty important. Do you need that? Uh, <laughs> well, it might help you with your mobility. mobility. I was just thinking that. <laughs> you might need like, to tear my slap and then I can get in that overhead position. So she has actually elected to not surgically repair it. Okay. She's going to do a cortisone shot uh, and try to rehab it and see if she can get through the season. Um, more power to her. Okay. All right. Hope, hope that happens. I guess it's not a major tear. Uh, it's just a legion. A legion. Mm-hmm. So I think that means it's a minor tear. Uh, a tear is a tear in my book. <laughs> and probably would send all of us uh, to the ER and probably out for six to eight months. We'd definitely be milking that to our advantage. <laughs> <laughs> it be interesting to see. There's a lot of people now who have multiple injuries, either inside or outside of the gym, that are going to have to kind of pull themselves together and make a late push um, at the end of the year, like the James Newberries and, you know, her and, you know, some of the others. And one I'm about to mention, uh, Christoph Horvath, uh, Laura Horvath's brother. If you followed him at all on social media last year, he is one of the Mayhem athletes uh, that does Rich's programming. Mm -hmm. And he kept missing the games by very small margins at every – sanctional he attended and this year he actually was hungry's national champion unofficial still but hungry's national champion and the next day while while riding his bike to the gym got hit by a car yep i mean if you see his instagram post though where he talks about he's like yeah well you never know what will happen you know one day i'm unofficially qualified and the next day next day i'm hit by a car but um i think it was great that he had people with him that were there to help him and to get him to care as fast as possible. So that was lucky. Sounds to me like people should stop riding bikes. <laughs> right? Especially assault bikes. Assault bikes. Well, nobody or wear your helmets, at least. Nobody needs to be on a assault bike. Yeah, so there was no release as to what the injury he sustained. Uh, the picture shows him in a sling, uh, giving a peace sign to the camera, uh, and he's in a hospital bed. What that means, I don't know. Uh, but hopefully he's able to come back and get and get some training in and get back to the games. So now we're going to talk about my little rant for the week. And if you were with us last episode, we talked about my boy Leftris Theophanides. Nice job. <laughs> nice there. Uh, and his measurements of 20.3. Well, the penalties were handed out. And for all of that measurement stuff... He was given a five-second penalty. Yep, minor penalties mm. for twenty point three. Interesting. Yeah, there were there were a, like I think seventeen penalties handed out from twenty point three. His was the only one in the handstand push-up area. Everybody else was lack of extension on the deadlifts. Yep. 
Um, and there were some big names, uh, Tia Toomey, Sarah Sigmund's daughter. Uh, but again, they were just minor, minor penalties handed out. But Leftris there, uh, and what may not be fair is he actually posted his video publicly. Yep. And not most athletes do not. Sure. So we can't judge everybody's measurement of this workout. But because he did it, he's under my scrutiny. And I believe that if you are going to mis mismeasure at anywhere from four to five centimeters as to the range of, of where that tape goes on the, on the wall, that is more than a five-second penalty if you went short for all, what was it, 30 reps, 60, 90 reps. 21, no, no, 15, nine, 45 20, reps. 45 reps. So that's, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Numbers are hard. They are. 45 reps uh, of handstand push-ups. If he went short on all 45 reps, that's way more than a five-second penalty. I agree. I agree. And he didn't follow the rules. Now, there is, uh, there is speculation that he sent additional footage uh, to support what his stance was on all that. Um, but you, you are su su to submit one video. There are rules on what that video should be. And I, I don't know. I'm just... It, there definitely seems to be some inconsistencies with what they decide they're going to do penalties on. You know, it seems after we had major penalties in the first, and then now we're doing these minor penalties where it, ju it just seems inconsistent to me. There also, there's not a lot of explanation, it doesn't seem, on what is considered a minor penalty, what is a major penalty. I think it was Street Horner posted something recently that, you know, he got a penalty for lack of extension, but then he replied like, well, thanks for telling me which ones were right and which ones weren't. And then he reposted his video and said, you guys tell me which ones are were different than one or the other. So so there's a little little controversy in that as well. Well, I don't think CrossFit's being very transparent in this process. You sure. know, they, they released it. Penalties were, were issued. They don't even say what the penalty was unless you go back and watch the video or have access to the video. You, can, you have to, like, look for yourself what was the change. Um, it's just it's just silliness. So I think CrossFit needs to step up and at least say what the penalty was for each of these athletes. Like they were given a five-second penalty or a 10-second penalty. So we at least know what that is. But for Lefters, my boy, getting a five-second penalty for that crap. For, right, for 45 of that. And the same and another person getting a five-second penalty because they bent over early on a false start. Yeah, it's, it's is completely just, inconsistent. It's just idiocy. So you tell him, Schweitzer. <laughs> so anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna just move on because I don't want it, this to be a hate podcast. But there we go. So let's move on to the first sanctional event, which is actually happening this Saturday. I'm super stoked for that. Uh, it is the filthy filthy 150. I want to call it the workout, not the the event. Yeah. <laughs> the filthy 150. Um, it is in uh, Dublin, Ireland. Um. There are some big names going to be there. We have Chandler Smith, uh, Dan Bailey making his return to competitive CrossFit, uh, Matt McLeod, who did not get in uh, through the Open, so he needs to qualify in another this is, way. Yeah, this is an important event for him. And he, he's a top 10 games athlete right. from last year. Uh, Roman Krennikoff, uh, who did get in, um, but he doesn't ever seem to be able to get into the United States for the games, uh, but he is going to be at this sanctional. 
uh, Yonikoski and uh, Sean Sweeney are all going to be there. The, on the women's side, Sam Briggs says she's going to be there with a boot. I'm stop telling you, robot. Yep. Uh, Kristen Holta and Emma McQuaid uh, on that side. Uh, and they said there are going to be more athletes. They just haven't announced the, or the confirmations yet. Um, so that's what I was able to pull out. Uh, for the listeners, if you want to watch the Filthy 150, we're actually going to be able to do that uh, just as simple as YouTube. Uh, they are streaming all of this live on YouTube. So you can go there, look up Filthy 150. Um, they actually have the videos there saying about to start in four days. Yeah, and they just announced one of the first workouts, I think. Yeah, they've announced a few. Oh, oh they have? Okay. I just saw the one today where Sam Briggs was, was commenting what the first one was. Um, and so... Yeah, we'll be able to watch it. And what they've decided to do is they're moving the start times later in the day in Ireland so that we can watch them at a decent hour here in the United States because uh, they really want to have good viewership uh, for this event, which is really smart on their part, being a first-year sanctional. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of these sanctionals doing doing a lot of different things for the fans because as, as these prize monies go up, they're going to need the attendance, they're going to need the sponsors and all that. Well, speaking of sponsors, one thing I wanted to talk about is this event is actually going to have alcohol as one of their sponsors. Uh, it's like the is largest. It, is it White Claw? It, it is not White Claw. It, it is actually, um, uh, it is the, the parent company of Guinness. That doesn't sound very CrossFit healthy. Well, debatable, but they're probably bringing prize money. Okay, worth it. All right. Right. So the other thing that is happening at this event that has never happened at a CrossFit event is they're going to have live betting. Charlie, what do you think about that? I think it's fantastic. Um, you know, we've all probably done fantasy before games or, or things like that on a, on a betting scale, but I think this is really going to, again, help the, the viewership and, and get people really involved in some of these things. I agree. Um, I actually listened to another podcast talking about uh, the XFL coming and the primary reason that Vince McMahon is doing the XFL is to create a place where people can bet on football in the spring. Yes. Hmm. And if you can get people to bet on your sport, viewership goes up because people want to see if they won or lost. Yep. Wow. And with sports betting becoming legal, State by state across the country. I mean, Indiana, Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey, you can now do sports betting. So I think it's the wave of the future. Um, of course, you know, you're going to have your detractors say it could corrupt the sport um, because people will, anytime you can bet on something, people want people to throw a game or a sport. Yeah, see, that's where I'm not a big fan of of betting to me it just starts to i don't know it kind of just feels icky to me and i think it takes brings a lot of pressure to the athletes too um when you know we look at them being role models and you know just because you're an athlete doesn't mean that you realized that you're signing up to be a role model but you are right you just are a role model and i think that when you add that kind of extra betting piece where things may not like you said the, the waters could get muddy with that betting and I think that it could um, change the sport in ways that we may not be a big fan of I think in its infancy it's going to be okay um, but as this grows it's going to be there's going to need to be some 
oversight on that. And one thing CrossFit has not been great at is oversight. Or transparency. True. So uh, moving on, there's a couple more sanctionals before the end of the year. I just wanted to let you know what those were. Uh, the Pan- Pandaland CrossFit Challenge in Chengdu, China is on December 7th and 8th. Uh, the South Fit CrossFit Challenge in Buenos Aires, Argentina is December 6th through the 8th. Uh, the Dubai CrossFit Championship is going to be held in the United Arab Emirates uh, December 11th through the 14th. And then there's kind of like a holiday break until j- January before the next uh, sanctional. I need to find out the sanctional that's in a country that no one's ever heard of that I can go and win. Yeah, let's get working on that mobility first there, Charlie. Listen. Listen. Details. It, and th- that sounds like a plan that you're just going to, like, Spaghetti. give up on <laughs> at some point well, anyway. There you go. True. Well, speaking of Fittest in Dubai, a couple of us uh, watched the documentary that was released uh, called Fittest in Dubai. And uh, it actually, the camera work was done by Mars and Heber, uh, the Buttery Bros., uh, representing them today with my buttery bro shirt. Yep. Roll the footage. Um, so I watched it, Charlie. I know you did. I did. Uh, any thoughts about it? It was actually your things you saw, best things you saw last week. Yes, it was. Um, I think it 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 made me miss the old days when CrossFit had a media team. Um, when we used to get the all the behind the scenes, uh, all the the documentaries used to get from the games. Um, I think it was one of those I mean, it was done that well. I mean, I think it was, you know, you had some conversations with people with the Matt Frazier's and, you know, Laura Horvath and everyone who was involved with it and really kept you engaged in, in what was going on. So I, I agree. Um, if you like the fittest on earth or if you like the fittest of the decade or any of those films that CrossFit media did, you're, yep. you're going to like this movie. It's, it's, pretty much straight down the fairway with what they've been doing for years. And that might be my one uh, detraction of the overall film is that it wasn't anything new. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's, it's the same old, same old, same. Are we, who is, can anybody beat Matt Frazier? Sure. You know, and that's, that's half the movie, right? (laughs) It's uh, sure. It's it's a valid question, but it is, but can we get to know some of the other athletes? Yeah. The competitors Uh, for sure. I want their backstories. Um, the, the, a lot of the interviews, I think one of the funny things were either Matt or street Horner. Yes. And, and I don't, other than street Horner is one handsome fella. Well, and I think they were trying to get him as much screen time as possible. Well, and look at who's by his side now. (laughs) Katrin. I think he is a member of that gym, which is why the biggest part of him being a big part of it. Um, he's also from Iowa. So there's that. Yeah, uh, and he is a good-looking guy, right? And he sure, sp- speaks very well, and so they interviewed him a lot. Ashton Kutcher is from Iowa as well, which makes you think about Iowa men. And and their DNA. And their DNA. It's interesting that both of you guys know that fact, and <laughs> I do not. You're too busy in Australia. I mean, okay, you're, you're right. I'm too States. busy watching the Australian boards. Um, so other than that, I thought it, I thought it was a good piece – um, showing Sarah's comeback from injury. Um, I thought they did a great job with Laura Horvath and her injury during the competition. 
I think that that showed a lot about why Laura Horvath did not succeed through the year. Yes, I agree. Um, I thought her mental, her mental game was not there for that, that competition. But what was crazy is she had that ebb and flow where she'd win an event and then she'd be crying because she couldn't finish an event. You also, it's almost the same as seeing what Sarah goes through at the games. It's a, you know, she's got all this hype and, and pressure about winning the Open and doing so well, and she's Sarah Sigmund's daughter, and, you know, she messes up slightly in an event, and the whole thing breaks down. It's kind of the same thing that was happening with Laura. Yeah, and that kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Brooke Wells, too, where she'll have a really good event, and then, you know, back in the day at, with regionals, then it would be a muscle-up event, and Brooke would, wouldn't be able to finish them, you know? The other thing, and this may not be a popular thing to say, but like Laura was thick. Yeah. Two C's or three? I think three. (laughs) So they showed footage of her at the games in the movie, and then they showed her at Dubai, and there is a stark contrast to her body between those two events. Second at the games the year before, and then doesn't even finish Dubai, and then has a hellacious season to follow sure and what i so i'm watching it last week and now you see laura horvath today she's where she's wearing the crop tops again Mm -hmm. uh she's wearing the booty shorts again she is she's got abs again yeah and she finishes 10th in the open yeah so you know I, did she party up too much after the second place finish and then yeah i mean maybe she dabbled in some kind of different nutrition program or or something that just wasn't the right right thing for her or maybe she was eating ice cream for breakfast like it was <laughs> true um so i think like i think that was what i the best thing i got out of this video is is the, just seeing the fall of laura horvath from the game second place to that point in less than six months and then the, the best thing I think I, I got, they also explain the change in CrossFit from the regional format to the sanctional format in a really good way. So if you don't understand that or you didn't, weren't paying attention when that all happened, they do a great job illustrating all that. Agreed. Yeah. Um, and I, it's three ninety nine to rent on Prime. Uh, so it's not, not that expensive if you want to check it out. It's only an hour long. Um, it's much shorter than the fittest series yes. uh, that they did for CrossFit, but it is only one event. Um, so, um, so let's uh, let's wrap this podcast up with a, a little recap of the Torian Pro. Uh, Charlie actually watched that. Uh, the other, the two of us did not. Um, I did get to see some highlights, but I, uh, Charlie, if you give us a recap. Yeah. Um, again, the. Um a little bit different of a of a format it was kind of what you see on these local levels of of team competitions where it's a same sex two person team uh so you had you know obviously the the winners this year were rich and uh royce who is another australian who we we know and love on this podcast yes. and uh the girls who actually won were again a, a team of mayhem is uh tasia and china so it was it was interesting because the the first day, everyone at the event did the twenty point five, so you had a lot of people and a lot of 
individual athletes. Uh, Tia was there. Carl was there. Um, you got to see Rich do 20.5 uh, with Royce. Um, Rich's plan is actually what I was going to do at 20.5. Then I realized I was not Rich Froning. Oh, um, that's what happened. Right at the beginning, in the first two or three seconds. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. So um, it was just, it was a it was a great event. It is on YouTube, the whole thing. At the um, If you go to Torian Pro uh, YouTube page, the entire weekends events were on so it's a real it's a really good opportunity to see how sanctionals are going to be to be run and um, just get you into the mood for for what's coming up this year uh but just to be clear it is a crossfit event but it's not officially a sanctional correct so this didn't qualify anybody for the games uh but it it they had to change venues to a much larger facility because it was so popular in australia and I think they're angling to try to get one of the sanctionals. I could see that becoming a sanction. It, it, it looked as though from the outside looking in, it was very well put together. Uh, and with and just so you guys know, one of the sanctionals actually had to uh, drop out this year, uh, and that is Fittest in Cape Town. Uh, it was a it was a sanctional last year, mm-hmm. and due to a charity event with uh, Roger Federer and Yoka Yo Nokovic. I'm not a tennis fan, uh, but uh, Yoka Nokovic, is that his name? I don't think any of us are t- tennis fans. I'm looking around to blank stares. Uh, so uh, anyway, they they were doing a charity event, and basically uh, the facility said, screw you, CrossFit. Uh, this is going to bring more money, and they bumped them out of the venue. Uh, so uh, Fittest in Cape Town is actually off for this year. Um, and there's no way they can get a venue in time to, to sure. hold it. But That's so we're actually down one qualifying position, uh, both men, women and team uh, by that getting booted. Yikes. So let's uh, finish on a on a high note. Uh, what is one of the best things that we saw from the week? Uh, my favorite segment of our podcast. Well, I don't know if I can say it was the best thing I saw. It's the thing that still burned into my memory. And it was seeing the pose of Dave Castro and Post Malone. <laughs> and then and then all the memes that have followed of people trying to create the poses back. So that's that's added some humor to, to my life this, this week. Yeah, it looked like a prom picture or something. <laughs> I don't know. It, was, it was an odd. It was disturbing. It was. Uh, for me, there is a, um, again on YouTube, there's a, a piece that I believe it's Bar bend put together with Killcliff on um, some stuff on Josh Bridges. Uh, basically, his story a little bit within it's a short period of time, but basically how he got to where he is and how he's you know he's an undersized guy. He was forty pounds less than you know 2011. He was forty pounds less than everyone else at the games, but yet still finished second. Um, it's on it's. They interview Dave Castro. They interview Rich Froning, um, and they're all talking about Josh. Josh goes into his life as as a kid, going through buds, um, you know, and that you know his life in a, in a nutshell really quickly. But I think it's a great watch. It's on YouTube. Uh, so one of the ones things I'm going to bring up is uh, there's a th- a series called A Day in the Life. Yeah. Uh, Nate Edwardson, I think, is the guy's name. Uh, who's doing that? He was Rory McKernan's cameraman when Rory first developed a YouTube channel. 
Uh, he is Canadian, and, and it's abundantly clear when he narrates these videos. A. Um, a boots and A's. A, l- a lot of a boots and A's. Um, and so this week I watched Patrick Vellner, A Day in the Life, and I also watched Brett Fikowski, uh, Brett Fikowski, A Day in the Life. And the reason I'm bringing it up is I think I think they're okay. They're they're done o- well. Okay. Nothing earth shattering in the, in these in these series, but the contradiction between the the attitude of Patrick Vellner and the attitude of Brent Fikowski uh, made my uh, Psych 101 stuff kind of com- percolate it, it up. Back, yeah. uh, Patrick Vellner is such a whatever happens happens, you know. Yeah, I got cut from the games last year. I'm the I'm the 81st fittest person in the world. What I don't remember what the number is, but sure. he just kept saying like I'm the 23rd fittest person in the world. It's okay, you know. I'm still fine. I'm still moving on, Bellner. you know, and uh, going on and on. Where when it was brought up about the cuts to Fikowski, he's like, Well, I don't really want to mention it on this podcast. If there's a if there's an outlet where I can voice something for change, I'll do that. But it's like it's still burning inside of him that he got cut early last year yeah absolutely i think it was a big hit to his ego um and i think he overthinks everything where Vellner is just like wherever the wind blows me that's where i'm gonna go well i mean look at Vellner with uh you know the third place podium finish when he didn't even get to be a part of the the closing ceremony because of the the ricky incident and i mean i think if that would have been uh Fikowski, that would have been way, you know, accepted a lot differently. But Vellner's like, oh, yeah, I mean, it sucked. I couldn't have been up there, but cool. Uh, so so one of the big takeaways um, I got from this, just to let you guys know, is that, you know, last year Brent did one sanctional event. He kind of strategically picked the China one, thought he could win it, get his spot to the games, and then not worry about the Open or anything like that. And he did win it, but it was not as easy as I think he thought it would be. And this year, his attitude is, I'm hitting as many sanctionals as I can. I'm winning as much money as I can. Uh, I'm having as many experiences as I can. Yeah. Uh, So, again, he's totally rethinking his strategy. Um, Unlike Charlie and I, he sticks to that strategy, come hell or high water, until the games come. Um, and then he either makes it or doesn't. And uh, and one way you got to respect that, and another way you kind of got to respect the Valner of the world, who just is like, eh, whatever happens, happens. Sure. Uh, so I just thought that contrast was pretty fun. So one thing I was thinking about that we forgot to mention so far. Well, it's because it's been gone so long that, you, right. you know, it's out of sight, out of mind. So just like it disappeared one day, it's back up. And what we're talking about, of course, is the CrossFit training Instagram account. Mm. One day it was gone and all of their media was gone. And then actually, I think it was earlier this week, Scott, where I texted you and I said, hey, did you notice what's back on Instagram? And I did not until you texted me. So I checked it out and and there it was. Uh, I, I believe it was it was the CrossFit Instagram and rebranded as CrossFit training. training. Sure. Yeah, because I never went to follow that again. It just all of a sudden appeared back onto my t- feed. So, and I was like, "Oh, that's helpful," because I think what I had seen on that was it was leading up to twenty point five, and it was I think it was a muscle up thing. And I was like, "Oh, that's helpful." And then I kind of noticed the comments, and I was like, "Oh, wait, this is 
it's back. What was gone is now back again. So I haven't gotten to do any of the research to find out why it's back or what the talk is. So I don't know if either of you have heard or know anything. Uh, so what I've heard is that it's not the only one coming back. Uh, there will be more coming back soon. Um, there's no real reason as to why it's coming back. Uh, the political landscape of Facebook and Instagram has not changed since Greg made the stand uh, eight months ago uh, to pull all that. Um, I think the only it's great. First of all, let me say I'm glad they're back. It's it's Instagram is the best way to communicate with this community. Sure, uh, there is. And if when you don't have it, it has 780,000 followers. Like that's a lot of reach. Sure. That you gave up by by leaving Instagram. And so it's great that they're back. It's a way to advertise the open, maybe get those numbers up again. Maybe they saw with the open sinking a little bit that they needed uh, some way to do that. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to kind of point out is it, it's a little fearful, too, because, you know, Greg made all these changes. The CEO that was in place when he made those changes has left the company. And now they're backtracking on some of that stuff. Where I was, we were all panicking when CrossFit made those moves. If, but I think some of the changes have been really, really good. Some of these independent content creators uh, are creating some stuff that's better than what CrossFit Media did. I agree because they had some restrictions with that, and I love the. And they had to. Openness. They had to echo the company line, right? Sure. Now there's a freedom to say what they want to say. And I don't. I hope they don't go back all the way that way. I agree. I'm with you there. Um, so it'll, it's going to be an interesting story to watch over the next couple of weeks. And, uh, we will be sure to keep you up to date with what we know and what we hear, uh, during that time. So maybe we'll get, uh, Glassman to come on the podcast and, uh, explain it all to us. Definitely. I I'm Greg, sure he's one of our listeners. Greg, if you're listening, contact <laughs> us. <laughs> um, so with that, we're going to bid you adieu today. Uh, this was, uh, the Clydesdale CrossFit and Friends uh, podcast episode three. Uh, stay tuned and we'll be back with you next week. Peace out, everyone. Peace. Sleep.